You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are right now in uh, the second to the last installment, in fact, the sixth installment of our series, uh, All and Nothing. I know if you're enjoying your time with uh, us every Saturday, and I know that indeed you've been learning a lot of things. Do you appreciate really what we're doing here? More than just the preaching of the word, the uh, time of worship is excellent. And thus, the goal of this message is to have a greater perspective of Christ and His supremacy. And we are really convinced that Christ is supreme, thus we can trust Him. Amen? And the more you uh, understand the supremacy of God, the more that you will trust Him with your life and the more that you hand your life over to Him and thus more than just His supremacy that He has provided everything that we are really... Um, we have everything in Christ and we don't have to add anything in order for us to be fully satisfied in Him. Christ is more than enough. Remember what I told you roughly about two weeks ago? Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And a lot of people would add into their belief system. They would want to add a lot of things in order for them to guarantee themselves that they have the fullness in Christ. But when you do understand that Christ is sufficient, there is nothing that you will need in life. And just like what our message and what we've discussed about a week ago that we talk about practical living and the reason why we can live life accordingly and according to what God wants us to uh, uh, live life um, or according to what God wants, uh, it is always aligned in our understanding that more than just the life that we have here is that we think above because we're born from above. Amen? That we are aliens in this planet. Look at the person on your right, okay? That person looks like from another dimension because he is a citizen of heaven. Amen? And if you uh, don't have a relationship with God, you won't understand this. And if this is your first time to be in this gathering, the first time I came to uh, this type of gathering, I wasn't really so sure what the pastor is talking about. What I'm trying to say is that if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you'll be surprised that God will give you what? The, the appetite to know Him and the appetite to say no to sin. I was really surprised because I used to curse. Uh, I used to take um, uh, a lot of things, vices, and, and take things that, that I'm embarrassed to say. Uh, but to make a long story short, uh, I realized that when I hand my life over to God, the Lord changed my heart, and now I can say no to sin because of my new life in Christ. This is what we've discussed about a week ago in Romans 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 11 to 12. It says right here, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its uh, evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of your self to Him as an instrument of righteousness because He used to what? To, to be enslaved to sin and, and you resurrected from the grave with Christ, now you no longer live for the things that you want. You are fully alive in Christ. And a lot of people would always tell me, uh, growing up as a, a little boy, okay, uh, and, and they, would, they would tell me to be a good boy, to go to church, to do good things, to, to love my parents. And I, I did my best. I don't know if you can relate with me. You want to be good, but you ended up doing what is bad, Right? And you struggle. I want to be good, but you end up doing. I end up stealing my, 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 my father's. Yeah. You have to fill in the blanks, okay? Because I'm embarrassed to say. And I, I, I promise myself I will not do it again. But I, I, I find my, my hand inside his pocket. I don't know for what reason. And I realize the reason why I can't say no to sin because I'm dead to sin. 
And if you uh, accept Christ and, and, and you live according to the life that God has blessed you with, and you have been resurrected together with Christ, you, you have the power to say no to sin. So growing up trying to be good, I realized that the goal of Christianity is not for you to be good. A lot of people have been telling me the job of Christianity is for bad people to be good. No. Remember the, the, my story about a week ago when the father saw his son, the story of the prodigal son? My son is what? Bad, now he's good. Amen? No. Don't, don't. Amen. Ito na naman tayo eh. The father said, my son is dead. Now he's alive because alive people do good. Am I correct? So your goal is not to be good, but for you to be alive. Because when you are alive, you can say no to sin. You can do good things. This is what the word of God says. That when you have life, the life that you have right now in Christ, that indeed it is offered for the things that pleases God. This is why I am thankful that we are alive in Christ. Amen. So if you've been raised with Christ, you think beyond your lifetime. That the day that you will perish, the day that you die, will be the day that you're excited of. We are excited for our death. Amen. Tonight. No, 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 no. Not tonight. But we do understand that death is not the end. Death is the beginning. And thus, because you've, of your new life in Christ, you have change of identity. You're different right now. You have, you have a change of life. You have a change of heart. That you gravitate to things that pleases the Lord. How many of you here are thankful that the Lord has changed your heart? That your identity is never based on what you need, what you want, or what you drive. Amen? You understand this? That the Lord has changed your heart even. Okay, the, the people around us are surprised. How many of you here okay, can testify or agree with me that people around us are surprised with our transformation? And, and people are surprised. Of your transfer, nagbago ka. And people are stunned and shocked. Why? What happened? And I can't even explain how the Lord has changed my heart. I used to be hopping from different relationships and I was involved with a lot of women. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, roughly about three or four. And because I'm, I'm looking for someone or, 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 or somebody that can secure me. But when it came to know the Lord, there's only one person who can secure us Christ Himself, the hope of glory. And even though you're, you're, you've been hopping from different relationships or probably you've been, you've been finding ways in order for someone to really secure you, if you're not secured in God's love, you'll never be secured. This is why what we're going to discuss is very critical because at times there's a tendency for us to just nod our heads and say, I love God, I follow God, I go to church, I read my Bible. But what we will talk about, what we will discuss will be a litmus test of what's happening really and how uh, really a true to uh, or how uh, we are really true to whatever uh, confessions that we have when it comes to our relationship with God. So let's open our Bibles right now in Colossians chapter 3, verses 18 to 41. So let me remind you, we're still in the book of Colossians, and in the next 10, 15 minutes, um, I, I want to end. Are you happy that I will end the next 15, 20 minutes, 25 minutes? Probably 30 minutes or 45 minutes. No, no, no. Okay, I'll make this fast. I know that you have an idea of what we'll talk about in verse 18. Wives, how many wives are in this room? If you're thinking twice, if you have, if you're a wife, uh, just just look at yourself. If you feel depressed, you. No, no, I'm just kidding. Because of your husband, probably. No, 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 I'm just kidding. Okay, wives, submit to your husbands. Nobody's saying amen. 
Let me read this over and over again so that you, you'll, you'll, you'll agree with me. Wives, submit to your husbands. depressing yung amen. Wives, submit to your husbands. I'm glad you're honest. My point is, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Amen. I can feel it from up here, okay? And do not be harsh with them. Amen. Okay. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Father, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Verse 22, bond servants or slaves, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Verse 1 of chapter 4, Masters, treat your bond servants, your servants, your slaves, and the people under your care justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Can we invite um, each and every one of you to just uh, really uh, bow your heads and close your eyes as we dedicate this moment to God. Heavenly Father, thank you for this uh, opportunity. Indeed, Lord, you have given us, Lord God, a, a clear understanding that we are alive in Christ and we can do what pleases you. Today, Lord God, everything that we adhere and we believe, Lord, we would want, Lord God, to uh, uh, express it in the way we relate with people. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given us, that you've given us, Lord God, people that can love us and we can love in return. Lord, I pray that you give us, Lord God, a grace to express that love. Thank you for showing us how much you love us so that we can show people how much we love them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Paul in this letter has been exhorting the people in Colossae, or Colossae, that if you're a follower of Christ, everything that you do will affect your relationships. And it is one of the things that my wife would always tell me, that you, you get closer to God, you enjoy God, you grow in intimacy with the Lord, because the more that you grow in your intimacy with God, I benefit from this relationship that you have with God. And that is something that I've learned from my wife. Thus, I would always tell my wife to read her Bible and create an environment where she will worship God, she will enjoy the Lord. Because the more that she is in love with God, the more I can benefit from her relationship with God. Do you understand this? So your job as uh, wives and husbands is not to monitor one another and to correct one another. There is a moment of correction. My wife will tell me, okay, to shape up and change my ways. But that's not what is happening every single day. It doesn't happen every single day. Every night long. But it doesn't happen every single day. But, but, but really, it, it's, it's her way of really encouraging me to really grow in my walk with God. And grow in my relationship with the Lord. Because we know that as we grow separately in our walk with God, our marriage will benefit from it. Amen. Sadly, a lot of relationships are not like that. And we grew and really we were reared and raised in an environment where uh, the, the relationships of our parents and the people that we love are a bit distorted and the people that we interact with um, have a distorted view of what relationship with that people are in for a relationship because of what they can benefit from it. But that's not what the Bible says. Our heavenly possession, if you take a closer look, will have a direct impact on the relationships. And just like what I mentioned, people are like that. They are for the relationship. They are in a relationship because they want to benefit from the other person. No, you are in a relationship because you want to give. Am I correct? 
Lord. No, you're hard in a relationship because you want to give. Amen. And the reason why people have a distorted view of relationships is because of what, what sin did. But if you take a closer look of how the Lord has orchestrated relationships, it has a lot to do of your expertise. You are changed by God. Therefore, you have a lot to give. You help because you have what it takes. You enter a relationship because you can take care of yourself. Therefore, you want the other party to benefit. How many of you here, you've tried applying for a job? This has been like this for quite some time, okay? A lot of us, right? You enter a job not because you want your, the company to serve what you want. I'm here, boss, so that you can serve me. Nobody will do that. The reason why you want to give your best foot forward and you, you, you want to take part on a, on a specific uh, job that the company is trying to offer because you have something to give, right? From your weakness, amen? No, amen, amen. From your strength! <laughs> you don't tell, right? The day of, 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 of your interview, you, you get inside the room and say, boss, or my future boss, I'm weak. Hire me. No, no, nobody. You want to perform and show them that you have what it takes to be accepted and admitted. And this is what we're doing because we are alive in Christ. We enter a relationship because we want the other party to benefit. Therefore, when you are in a relationship, everything that you do will benefit the relationship because you're not doing it for the person. You're doing it for God. Thus, the other party benefits from it. You don't enter a relationship so that I text you, you text me. And when you text me, I text you who you. In order for our relationship to flourish. You don't do that to your wife. When your wife, okay, sends a text message, you don't respond by saying who you. No, 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 no. Okay, it will hurt your relationship. But a lot of people, we get in a relationship, we find our future mate because I, I, I want this person to serve what I want. When you do that, remember, you will attract people who will serve what they want, but there's no other way. That you demand from the other person, the other person demands from you. This is why this lesson will be applicable to all of us because we know that as people that are alive in Christ, now we can relate and give to the other party and not just benefit from it. And this is what I have, uh, I want to tell you. That we realize in a relationship that when you give, I'm telling you, you will be surprised that the other party would want to outgive you. Anybody here who has been in a healthy relationship that you want to give and you're not expecting anything in the return and the other party would want to outgive you? Because of how healthy the relationship is. Because you do understand that you are a product of God's love and God loves you so much and everything that you're doing to the other person is what? Is your love for God? And does the more that you grow in your understanding of God, the more that you enjoy your relationship with God, the more you enjoy God's word, the more that you can love the other party? So if you're in your relationship right now, you're beside your husband, you're beside your boyfriend, tell your partner, Mahalin mo si Lord, ha? May kita tayo Do you understand? So my question with you right now, are all of our relationships a reflection of our heavenly standing in Christ? Because our heavenly standing that we're born from above is not just a mental note. That we are alive in Christ and we are a citizen of heaven. And though we are in this depraved uh, body that we give into a lot of mistakes and, 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 and a lot of temptations, we know who we really are because of how God sees us that we are fully alive in Him. This is why in the book of Colossians, just like the, the passage that we've read a while ago in Colossians chapter 3, verse 18, it says right here, Wives, amen, submit to your... Hirap na hirap kayo, no? 
submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. You're not submitting to your husband because you're inferior. And I've seen, I've, I've heard a lot of people that are really a product of abusive relationships that I can submit to this guy because that shows that I'm inferior. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not submitting to that person because you would want the person or your husband to be superior and then because he is superior, you, you become inferior. Am I correct? That's not how the Lord sees it. Remember that biblical submission isn't just yielding to your husband's will, but submitting to Christ. You're not doing this for your husband. You're not doing this to your leader. You're not doing this to the leader of your household. You're doing this for God. It is fitting to the Lord. Amen. Because the day will come, the Lord will hold you accountable. So you're doing this for God, everything. Okay? And about two days ago, my wife told me, you know what? Kung wala talaga si Lord, hindi ko gagawin yan. I will not wake up and, 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 and prepare your meal. But because I love God, I'll do it. And, and I, I told her, buti na lang may Panginoon. <laughs> Though she doesn't want it, but because God has instructed her to serve me, she can. So if you're telling me right now, Pastor, I just cannot submit to this Husband of mine, you don't know him. He's the son of Lucifer. No, 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 no. I do understand if he's, 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 he's verbally or, or physically abusing you. That's another story. We can talk and we can just discuss this. But, but all across the board, I hope you understand that when Christ said to the Father, take this cup away from me, not my will, but your... And, 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 uh, your will be done. He was a bit hesitant, but he obeyed. Does it make him inferior to the Father? No. He's not inferior, but they just differ when it comes to the rules that they perform. Same thing with wives. If you take a closer look, it says right here, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. We are one and the same. And the reason why you're submitting to your husband, not because you're in fear, but because that's the Lord's will that you fulfill your role. Because at the end of the day, it's like a basketball team. You have a great, okay, uh, probably Steph Curry or LeBron James or, or Michael Jordan in the team, but you have to play with the rest of your teammates. They're not, they're not Michael Jordan, but you need them, Right? Because it's not about who's the star of the game. Somebody will become a star. But everybody plays according to the rules that was given to them and perform well. You'll be a great team. So this is what my wife and I have decided. That she submit to me and I will lead her. Because the day will come. Women, you don't have any idea how God will judge the leader of your household. The Lord will not judge you. The Lord will judge you based on the role that, the, that He has blessed you with. That you do this because you're doing it for God. But your husband will be huh, held responsible of his decision, of his life, of his leadership. There is, remember, equality in Christ. However, our equality and unity in Christ does not remove our roles. Christ's role is to submit to the Father at that very moment. And in the submission of Christ, what happened? 
that in the garden of Gethsemane, he bent his knees and said to the Father, not my will, but if your will for me to go to the cross, let it be done. And who was it for? Us. In his submission, we were bought with a price, resurrected from the grave, so that we can have a new life. A decision of Christ to submit gave us a reason to start all over again. Can we give God the glory for that? For you are all one in Christ Jesus. It's written right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband. And the head of Christ is God. So the more that your husband, your wife, comes to a deeper understanding of his relationship with God, wives, you'll benefit from it. If you're a type of wife who loves to nag your husband, not here, we love to praise and commend our husbands and, and, and just really uh, uh, give them the respect that they uh, deserve. At the end of the day, if you are a wife, and if you're not praying for your husband, don't expect any transformation. Prayer is powerful. You know why? Mm. <laughs> I don't have to say it. Let me say that once again. Prayer is powerful. Amen? Pray for your husband. You know why? Mm. Because at the end of the day, left on my own devices, I'm stubborn. I don't want to listen to my wife. I'm, I want to do things on my own. I want to buy what I want. I want more rubber shoes. I don't know if you can relate with me. Some of the men... But you know, my wife would always tell me, "Hun, it can wait. Let's trust God. And I'm just thankful that God has blessed me with a woman that would remind me and tell me, you're better than that. This is why I'm thankful that the Lord has blessed me with somebody who can faithfully fulfill her role. This is why I am thankful that more than just whatever we're doing and, and, and how we would want to express our love to one another, we are under okay, the, 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 the authority of God. And this is why at the end of the day, to top this all, Christ is the head and we're under His authority. The Father is co-equal with the Son and nobody is inferior and nobody is superior than the other. This is my prayer that wives should Always be reminded that there is no other way but to submit to your husband. And you trust God that the Lord will change your husband or to change the, the heart of your husband so that uh, he can lead you faithfully. And the more that you do this, the more that there are a lot of things that might challenge your faith. But keep on moving forward and keep on praying. Uh, keep, on, keep on believing God. Because at the end of the day, the Lord is faithful to reward you. The Lord is faithful to grant your prayers. So uh, my question is, what's the role of, of the husbands? Be, be reminded that, that at times there are a lot of husbands that I have talked to that they would, they would quote the scripture in order to twist the arm or, or manipulate and, and really uh, convince their wives to submit because it's written in the scripture. Remember, if you take a closer look of how Jesus Christ went about loving his father was because he was first loved by his father. Submission happens in the context of God's love for his son. It is impossible for you 
to demand submission from your wife if it's not from a loving leadership. Let me say that once again. It is impossible to demand from your partner without, without, impossible. Okay? Without loving leadership. And, and if, you're, if you're a husband, if, if you have convinced that woman to, to fall in love with you, you know what buttons to press. And let God guide you how to love. And I know a lot of husbands are, 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 are bitter. And thus they become harsh. Let God give you the understanding, the perspective. You're not doing it for your wife. You're doing it for the glory of God. It is written in Colossians chapter 3, verse 19, same chapter, husbands love your wives and do not be harsh with them. In the same manner, the reason why we're harsh because we're so fed up and we're so really consumed by, by, by the, her personality and the way she does things and, and, and how she would uh, disrespect you. But at the end of the day, my prayer for all of us, if you're married, God can breathe re- a reboot in your system. God can cause you to start all over again. God can, can give you the grace that once again, you can start with a clean slate. So if you're here right now, you're married and, and you, you've been so familiar with this relationship, I, I do pray that the Lord will grant you right now the grace that, to decide that we're not just, we're not just waiting for, for the day to end and then we can, we can end and walk away from this relationship or you're, you're, you're just bearing with one another. I, I do pray that we people that are alive in Christ should always see a different perspective. That we have what it takes to have a, 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 a thriving relationship with our wives and husbands because you're not doing this on your own. You have God by your side and He is the center of everything that you're doing. It is impossible to fail. If you're here right now and you're thinking of tying the knot or you have a boyfriend, a girlfriend and you want to, to be with that person for the rest of your life, I'm telling you right now, it is impossible for that relationship to fail if you allow God at the center of that relationship. If you allow God to, be, to, be, to, to take part and to take the center stage of that relationship. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her. This is the secret of any relationship. And this is also the secret of, of, of that relationship that you've been looking for, fighting for. And a lot of you here, you're saying, in order for you to last in this relationship, you just have to treat the other party nicely. Yes, I do agree. But this is our motivation. The secret of great marriage is that you treat your wife the way, you treat your husband the way God has, went, uh, uh, has, has treated you. You can't give to your partner if you don't understand how God has blessed you and has provided what you don't deserve. So therefore, the bottom line of this relationship is for you to experience the generosity of God, the goodness of God. You can't be good to your partner if you have not witnessed the goodness of God. Amen. And the reason why you can give, the reason why you can be generous to the other partner, the reason why you can extend grace because you are a product of God's grace. Amen. And somebody asked me a while ago, how can you love people? Because you just don't have any idea how the Lord has overwhelmed me with His love. Like he took me out of the dark and... Parang, ano na, parang, take me out of the dark. He took me out of the dark and I just don't know how it happened. But in just about seven or eight days, I'm surprised why I'm not struggling with the things I used to struggle with. It took me roughly about two years to break free from my old habits. But in, in just seven days, I began to enjoy reading the Bible. I was attracted to church. I just can't help almost every single day. I just can't start and end my day. I would read the Bible. I don't know what's happening with me. And I realized that God has forgiven me. And the reason why we can forgive, the reason why we can trust God, that our marriages can start all over again. 
that we can enjoy this partner that the Lord has blessed us with because God rebooted His relationship with us. God says that we are no longer His enemies. Amen. Remember that song, I am a friend of God. Remember? Before I am afraid of God. Because we are, we're, not his, we're not His, we're His enemies. But now we've been invited. This is why it says right here, love your wife. As a leader of your household and as a husband, the word love is not just a noun, it's a verb. There should be something that you do. Remember, love can only be love at the expense of the lover. You can't, you can't tell somebody, I love you. And no matter how, 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 how lovely your voice is, that is not enough to validate how much you love the other person. You can tell a person, I, I love you. You cannot... Because love should be should have a proof. The Greek word of the word love is agapa, which means a self-sacrificing form of love. If the person would just buy you a happy meal, that's not self-sacrificing. I love you. I want to buy you a, a happy meal so that you'll be happy. You know. <laughs> when you say self-sacrificing, you will you will you will do okay in things that that, that will cost you. Remember the day that Christ validated His love? That He went down to be with us? It cost Him His life. That is love. So if you're telling right now, I love this person, prove it. Lay yourself down. And when you say, Pastor, I'm, 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 I'm buying her shoes and bags. That's a sacrifice. <laughs> Pastor, have you seen the shoes? Pink, fuchsia, violet, eggplant. I just can't even distinguish the, 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 the color scheme, okay? No, that's not sacrifice. When she's nagging you and you're about to retaliate, mm-mm. sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. You're gonna... <laughs> Do you understand what I'm talking about? You know what a powerful person is? When he knows how powerful he is, but he chooses to prevent himself from ex- exercising that power. God can strike any of us. You think God can kill us? But because he's powerful, that he's he's so powerful that he can he can he can prevent himself. He can lish himself from striking us. You know how powerful that that's a powerful person. Do you understand this? When you're about to strike and you're 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 about to strike somebody and you're holding your hand from striking someone. Do you understand this? That's that's real power. And God is like that to all of us. That he loves us so much, prevented himself from hurting us. And that, that, that picture in my mind causes me to show and extend love to my wife. That when I don't agree, but can you relate with me? Can you? No, no, can you relate with me? You're, you're, you're trying your best to communicate to your wife that this is... This is a, and you can twist her arm or, or do anything. When Christ sacrificed and he realized what he did for me now, I can sacrifice. So if you're single and you're planning to, to tie the knot, think. <laughs> Children obey your parents in everything. 
It, it's fun to be married. Amen? Married people, yes? Amen? Talaga. Amen? In everything. Amen? Married people. Praise God. Hallelujah. Children, obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. The word everything is at all things. But of course, there is an exception. That when your parents are telling you to sin, it's another story. Because this is pleasing to God. Isn't it amazing that our motivation is always our relationship with God? And the reason why we're doing what we're doing is because to be good. Because now we're alive, we can say okay, what is proper, what is excellent, what is praiseworthy. We can do things that are proper. And the reason why parents, if you're, if, if you're a child here, you're a follower of Christ, probably your parents are not Christians. You know, one of the things that really caught me attention is that the Lord told me to submit to my father. And I know. I love my father. But I came from a broken family. I have 12 half-sisters. And, and I just don't want to say this, okay? Uh, and I don't want to elaborate further. And, and I have a lot of things against my father, but, but I want you to know that I love my father. That when he saw that my grades in college and high school resurrected from the grave, <laughs> when I became the Lord, but I'm, I don't... When I came to the Lord, I did my best. I saw my grades. I'm telling you, when I opened that report card, oh, yeah, yeah. There was, there was, it, it's glorious. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's glorious. I mean, it's, it's glorious. And my father was surprised, okay, that I passed everything, not just PE. Do you understand? I, I have, I, I'll show you one of these days, okay? I mean, and, and, and he paused for a while. And that was an opportunity for me to, sh- to share the gospel to him. Because he can't even. He, he went out of his way to talk to my mom, talk to my homeroom advisor, the guide, guidance counselor. And my dad was so moved when, when I started following his instructions that he ended up accepting Christ. Remember, submission is not just, again, to your parents' children. But you're, what, you're doing this for God and you just don't have any idea the benefits that, that, that comes with it. So when you're doing things right now, your motivation is not just for the other party. It's for God because you are alive in? I'm telling you, it's possible, it's doable. Because right now you have a higher motivation. It says right here, fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. That you need to always be reminded. That your job as parents is to not provoke your children or exasperate them. Now, there are parents who play favorites. You have four kids and, and your favorite kid is the youngest of all. I know that there are times that you, you tend to do that, but I'm telling you right now. Even though you're, you're a hero to the other one, you, you, have, you, have, you have marred okay, the heart of your, your, your other child. And that's not really what God is telling us to do. That we use our tongue to inspire children. You know my son? The other, about a year ago, I did share the same story. He, he paused for a while. He was, right now he's six. So about a year ago, when he was five, he approached me. Anako, my third son, his name is Benign. He wants to be an astronaut. I want to be an astronaut, dad. At the back of my mind, no way. <laughs> Look at our funds. I mean, do you understand? But you know what I told my son? I'm telling you, that's the only thing that you want? I want you to dream bigger. 
I want you to be the president of this country. And, but at the back of no way, okay? But your job is not, is not, not, to, not to really deprive them because you don't have much, you don't have the money. If the basis of your dreams has a lot to do with the size of your wallet, you're not going too far. Remember the basis of our dreams has a lot to do with who God is. The bigger God is, the bigger the dreams will be. So in the same manner, my job is to tell. The other day, Benjamin, my son, 10, 10 years old, and he wants, to be, he wants to go to New York this coming Christmas. Because we're rich, that's okay. <laughs> I, I thought New, New York, Kubao, at the back of my mind. That's possible, okay? Tokyo, 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 I, it's possible, okay? But you know what? My job as a father is just to inspire, tell them it's okay, it's possible. So, uh, if you're a parent here, if, if your kids will tell you and you're intimidated with their dreams, tell them, tell it to God. Do you understand this? You don't take on the responsibility. Your job is, is to just facilitate whatever they need and whatever dreams that they want for themselves. But tell, let's pray, son. <laughs> this Christmas will go to New York. <laughs> the, <laughs> I'm just happy for you. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm for you. But tell it to God. God, grant daddy the money to go to... No, no, <laughs> no, no, tell God. And, and at the end of the day, that's our job. Because remember this, our kids, yes, they are your kids. Your kids. But if you take a closer look, they're the children of God. So teach them how to connect with our Heavenly Father. You don't, you don't course it through you. Tell them, you'll be surprised. That your, your, your son will tell you, I told you, so God is big. I'm learning this for the past few years. When, when, when I was planting the church, back in Bacol, my son wants to eat in Jollibee. One piece chicken, and it's hard for a father okay, to say no to his son. One piece chicken with, 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 with rice and a bucket of gravy. <laughs> Sosba or drink? <laughs> And, and I told him, son, I, I just, I'm sorry. I'm, and we, don't, we, don't have, we don't have much, but we trust God. We believe tomorrow probably. You know what my, you know what my son told me? Dad, just, let's just go to Jalbi. You don't have to buy anything. I just want to go inside. <laughs> the smell of chicken joy is heavenly. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. And we went inside Jalbi and, and somebody approached. Pastor, what do you Wala naman talagang, we just wanna come here. Uh, mag-order lang ako. Yung ganun, yung, sige na, ako na, ako na. Yung ganun para, syempre your pride and everything. I'm here to bless you. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you see that my son was just, Dad, come on, don't, we don't have money, right? Uh, now, but tomorrow we will have. I mean, but you know what? I'm just amazed with the faith of my children because I did what needs to be done. I did not connect them to God through me. I connected them to God directly. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't need to go through the operator. Remember, growing up, 108, 109, operator. Before you can contact somebody, some of you can relate to me, right? But at the end of the day, that's your job as a parent. That you don't, you don't provoke your kids and you, you, don't, you don't exasperate them and cause them to be discouraged. Inspire them with dreams. And cause them to get to know God. So parents, I just want to give you the applause. Can we give our parents right now a round of applause? You know what? 
you're bringing your kids to, to the kids' church, that's the way to go. And, and I've, I've seen parents who would drop their kids in kids' church and, and, and go watch a movie. <laughs> Please. You need to be in sync with your kids. You want them to be involved in kids. They have to see that you're, you're, you want to know God. You want to grow in your walk with, with God. This is why this relationship between fathers and children is important. This is what the Bible is telling us. The true parenting focuses on the heart. And a lot of parents are just so focused with external behavior. Magbago ka, ayusin yung buhay mo. And I received a report where my son was telling me about what happened in school. There was, there was a, a minor accident and, and all the kids are crying and, and the teacher was surprised. Why is your son just, he was, he was not happy, but he was so composed. Because I've been telling my son, yes, you're a Christian. Yes, you're a believer. Yes, you're a follower of God. But when leadership is needed, I want you to rise above and be the leader. You know what? The school can teach them all the algebra and, 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 and all the subjects. And, and they can be great. But if they don't know how to lead, they're missing the point. Because they'll go out there. They will lead their companies. They will lead their families. And they will lead everybody. That's the calling of God. If you don't have any idea, your, your job as a parent is not to just keep them and, 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 and take care of them until they grow up and stay with you until they're 35 and... And, and find a wife to stay with your family and, and add another burden. Your job as parents is to prepare your kids to face the world. Remember, the world is just... It, the world is evil. The, the, I love the world. But, but people are harsh out there. They will... They will I, I mean, I have a son whose classmate has been tormenting him. Okay? Every single... You're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly. I told him, it's not in our family. <laughs> Man, the truth will set you free. Oh, no, no. <laughs> and I have to journey with my son. And we would laugh about it, but the Lord has, has reminded us not to laugh about it because it's serious for him. But why would you listen? And I can tell him to modify and just fix externally, but at the end of the day, your job is to, to check the heart. So parents, piece of advice before they retire and, and, and sleep tonight, be with them, tell them, how's your heart? Even if they're, you make it a habit. If you have toddlers or teenagers at home or if they're grown-ups, for, for, you can, you can how's everything? And, and that's important that you make it a habit. The more than just you seeing your kids that, that they're nice, they're good, they, they are submissive, oh, good boy. They can be good and please you. But if their hearts are not arrested, they can do and trick you. And our kids are wise. I'm telling you, how many of you here you have kids that are wise? Like their mom. Um, they, they know how to go about, they're manipulative. You know my daughter, she's, she's four. Dad, I'm sad. Come on. Do you want to ask me what I want? You know. <laughs> But <laughs> at the end of the day, your heart. Ask them what's happening with your heart. Because a lot of us parents were satisfied with their behaviors externally. Don't, don't trust that. Go for the heart. How many of you here growing up? I mean, uh, you're, you're, you're doing things to, to please your parents. But nobody went out of their way to just, Kabusta ka na. You know, my son, he's, he cried last night because I told him, you know, the teacher again reminded me that you're not doing well in school. I mean, I'm trying my best. 
Okay, I know you're trying your best. I'm just asking you. I'm just telling you. And, and he's the same son last week, right? I'm nothing but a sinner. He is. <laughs> I just can't wait if, he's, if she's trying to, to trick me or, or manipulate me. But well, it's good to have that conversation. And this is why it is important that parents don't just look at the behavior. Look at the heart. Look at the heart. Look at what's happening. How do you look at the heart? And, and it's hard to tell the difference between the behavior and the heart. It's to spend time with a person. Love is spelled as T-I-M-E. You get to know the, your, your child. Don't just be satisfied that they're happy with their iPads and their gadgets. No. You need to be present. This is why this message has a lot to do more than just how we treat people. Is that all of this that we do with the people that we are close with has a lot to do with the relationship with God. Same thing with our bond servants or servants or our employees obeying everything. Those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of the heart, fearing the Lord. We talk about slavery, and, and though the gospel tells us that the gospel is, is against slavery, and we've seen nations and countries that are uh, really, uh, that the gospel has, has really altered when, and abolished slavery. But what, what, what I'm trying to say here is that a person under somebody's care, and if you're an employee, you have a boss, this is what the Bible is telling us. That at the end of the day, as an employee, God is asking you when, you when you do things for your boss, whether he's present or not, do this for me. Some of us, we perform. If our boss is around, we, we, we do things that are really amazing and exciting, but when they're not around, we, we, we bring the paper clips home. I mean, um, it's, it's, it's not eye service. And people pleasers. But with sincerity of the heart, because we're not doing this to them, we're doing this for the glory of God. We want to do this for God. We're pleasing God. The bad news is, when you're out there trying to please people, it is the same people that will be displeased with you. Because your life revolves around this. Remember those, those, those uh, uh, sweethearts, and they're, uh, uh, they're in love with each other for the first week of their relationship. They're doing things for each other. And after a week, they, it's the same person that will offend them, and they would, they would split and walk away from each other because they're doing things... Huh. Uh, based, based, based on the other party. No, starting today because we're alive in Christ, we have a relationship with God. We're doing things. <laughs> okay? With that motivation, we're doing this for God. So when it comes to servants and masters, my reminder, even for masters, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. This is a recipe to success. Because the same boss that you have pleased is the same boss that will that that will that will that will hurt you. I don't know if you can relate with me. If you're if you're trying to please somebody, and I'm telling you right now that the day will come he will be displeased, you'll be offended. Because your life revolves around this person. But if he's displeased with you and your life revolves around God, it will not hurt you. It will not get into your system. And you can move on with life and do things for the glory of God. This is what the Bible is saying. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So everything that we do after what has been said and done, everything that we're doing is from the what? From the motivation, the byproduct of our relationship with God. The more you do things for God and the more you do things for God, the more that you, 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 you allow this uh, or, or the more that you do things for God, the more that you're motivated to do things for him because today a lot of people are just doing this because I'm doing it for the other person the other party that's a recipe for failure so if you're here right now you're married 
you have kids, you're a child, you're a wife, you're a husband, you're an employee, you're a boss. You ask yourself, Lord, what is my motivation? To whom I am doing this for? Here's why, masters, treat your bond servants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. You know what? Imagine, imagine this. And I've been, I've been hearing this, this complaint. I know it's valid. Uh, and I've been hearing this left and right almost every week. Alam mo, umalisin naman yung katulong ko. Kasama ng mister ko. Kidding! No, no, I, I don't understand. But don't be surprised. They, they don't understand this. But how come we treat individuals, employees, less of an individual, less of a person compared to all the people that we love? You know, remember what the Bible and the Word of God says? In the eyes of God, they're equal. They're, they're, in, they're the image and likeness of God. And, and the Lord, roughly about eight years ago, I, I would only bless, and, and I want to confess this, and I hope you can relate with me. Every Christmas, I would bless uh, uh, my household helper an extra uh, 1,000 pesos. And I feel like I've done a great job. But when, when I give to my fellow pastors, I, I increase my amount of giving. And I realize, why is this so? And I realize because I give based on the recipient. Yung tumatanggap. I don't give based on my generosity. Now, look up here for a while before I end. What if God will give based on your status? Tokalbom. Piso. Based on your sins. Based on, on your imperfections. How many of you here are thankful that God gives based on His riches and glory? So yes, I do agree. There is a master, there is an employee. I do agree that there are employees under our care. But one thing you have to take note, we are a master, but servant to God. That the basis on how generous we are to our employees is not based on their performance. But I hope that we can replicate who God is, that we give based on how generous we are. Not based on their personality, not based on their performance, not, not how good they are. And I don't know if you're familiar with Christmas bonuses, of course. Kaya nga bonus eh. You, I will give you a bonus when you perform. No, no, that's not how God does it. He gave us Christ, though we don't deserve it. So, masters, if you're a business owner, you ask the Lord to secure you. That you will be kind to your employees. You will love them. You will bless them. They'll go out of your way. Our senior pastor, Pastor Ariel, you just don't have any idea how loving and generous he is. We, we can, we've been, we've been around. Our pastors has been around. And they love it here. Why? That's a mystery. But I realize he's not just doing this for us. He loves God so much that he will serve us. That's, that's the kind of boss I want to have. A boss who loves us because he has experienced God first loving him. Ladies and gentlemen, if we come to our senses, that we love and we care and we express gratitude 
to the people that we love and we care, even to the people that we don't love, springs from God's love for us. And how frail and limited and evil we are, and yet God loves us so much. I can't even reconcile. If I'm loving and acceptable, I probably deserve God's love, but I'm not. But He gave His Son anyway. I can't understand why would God not wait for me and just wait for me to change and shape up and be a good person to be loved by Him. Remember the Word of God says, while we are sinners, He went ahead to love us. That's the kind of love I hope will motivate us in relating loving people around us. I hope that all of our relationships should be done for Christ and through Christ. You cannot love your wife, you cannot love your husband, you cannot love your children if you're not doing this according to the power and the strength that God has given you. Through Christ. Say the word through. Pamamaraan po ng Panginoon, hindi sa kalakasan natin. I hope that you're encouraged tonight that this is possible because we are a product of God's love. Can we give you the glory and honor and praise? Lord, thank you for tonight that all of our relationships, Lord God, it will be an avenue to God to express our love and the love that we have experienced from you. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, if you're saying right now, let me love the people that I'm close to, that I'm exposed to, that I interact every single day. Most of them have hurt us. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, kung napansin niyo lahat ng malapit sa atin, the people that are close to us, are the ones who has the capacity to hurt us. And I know it's inevitable. But tonight, if you're here right now, you're saying, teach me God to love. And through Christ, I can love. The people close to me, I can forgive them. I want you right now to raise your hand. If your parents, your kids, your employees, your, your boss has hurt you, just raise your hand as high as you can. Come on now, all of us across the room, just raise our hands. Don't, don't put it down. A victory group leader, our intercessors will approach you and just lay their hands on you. If you're a victory group leader, you see these hands, just, just raise it as, as, you, as, as high as you can. Just raise your hands. Come on now. Lord, we see these hands, oh God. And, and can you approach them? Lord, I thank you that you will minister to them. You show them, Lord God, how much you love them. Thank you for these hands that are lifted high, that you care and show them that you're a God of comfort. That we can love, not because we're, we have what it takes, we're strong, but because we can do this through Christ, who is fully alive in us. You can put down your hands. Again, I want to use this opportunity. If you want to follow Christ, God, the reason why I can love, because I have not experienced your love. Your life is about to change. And if, if, you're, if you're listening to this message and you're saying, I want that message. I want to experience God's love. I'm tired of 
of fixing my life. I want God in my heart. I want God to fix my life. As we bow our heads and close our eyes with the help of our victory group leaders and our intercessors, if you want God in your life, I want you right now to pray this prayer after me. If you want Jesus, say this after me. Say this, Jesus, I repent from all known sins and I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Jesus, I want I want to start all over again. If you pray that prayer, nanalangin po kayo, tinanggap niyong Panginoon sa puso niyo, I want you to slowly raise your hand if you're that person. Kung tinanggap mo ang Panginoon sa puso mo. One. You see that hand? One. Anybody? Two. Three. Okay, three. Four persons. Five. Six. Just, just raise it right now as high as you can. Kung tinanggap mo ang Panginoon sa puso mo. So if you're the person you have accepted Christ, I want you to slowly stand on your feet right now. Would that be fine? I want to get to know you if you're raising your hand. Just raise it and, and please stand on your feet right now if you're raising your hand. Salamat po. Stand. Good. Can somebody approach them? We will pray for them and bless them. We're almost done here. Can we approach them right now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Good. Can we approach them? Just lay our hands and, and just approach them. If you're beside them, you can, you can pray for them. Lord, thank you for these people. Lord, we welcome them into this family. And I pray right now that they will experience your love, your goodness, and your faithfulness. Lord, today we can start our week loving people that has hurt us because we're not doing this according to our strength. We are doing this according to the power of Christ that is fully alive in us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.